everyone. I'm Jenna Sargent, and this is What the Dev. I'm here with Sylvia Johnson to talk about the upcoming California Data Protection Law, CCPA, which goes into effect January 1st, 2020. She is a Deputy General Counsel and Data Protection Officer at Mobile Iron, and she's helped build their compliance program for data protection laws. Sylvia, thank you for coming on. Well, thanks for inviting me, Jenna. I should just add that I'm a lawyer by training, and I've had stints as a privacy officer and an information security officer. And I'm currently helping Mobile Iron prepare for the California Consumer Privacy Act. Now, obviously, this law is going to affect a lot of companies out there. What are some things that organizations should be doing in order to prepare for this law? Yeah, they need to take action now in order to comply if they haven't started yet. Um, compliance is required by the 1st of January of 2020. And what they can do, a few of the things they can do is they could, first of all, decide if the law actually applies to them. Even if they're not California businesses, they may be affected by the CCPA. There are quite a few um, carve-outs and exceptions, and they should understand those and how those might apply to the personal information of California residents that they store and use. That's the first thing I would do. Once they figure that out, then they understand a bit about the scope of the applicability of the law. Then they should get an understanding of where their personal information of California residents is stored so that they can comply with requests from California residents who want to exercise the privacy rights that are established by the law. Um, the next thing they could do is just, just determine whether they actually sell personal information uh, whether the, the definition of sale is different from what you might expect under the CCPA, but once you determine that, that you do that, then you have to add an opt-out button on your website and provide a couple of methods for the California residents to opt out of the sale of their information. The next thing I'd do is supplement the online privacy notice that you offer on your website and prepare for some point-of-collection notices that are required. Um, if you already did this for the GDPR, great, you're ahead of the game. It's a good head start. There might be some tweaks you need to make. I'd also develop a process to handle requests from people who want to exercise their privacy rights. Again, uh, the GDPR compliance efforts might help you here. And, of course, you want to train affected personnel so that they know how to react when they get certain requests. Um, all of these are important for compliance. With the privacy requirements of the CCPA, uh, if you don't comply, you could end up, if you're a covered business, you could end up getting fined by the Attorney General of the State of California or receiving other sanctions. Um, but where I think businesses face the greatest risk from the CCPA's new statutory damages for report um, are the, the the statutory damages for reportable data breaches. Uh, to in order to defend against potential class action litigation, this is where businesses can think about their strategies for encrypting sensitive data and implementing reasonable security measures as a defense. How does CCPA compare to the GDPR? Oh, great question. Um, so first of all, the CCPA is not as expansive as the GDPR. So even where, where there are requirements that are detailed, such as the online privacy notice requirements, there are fewer 
compliance requirements. Um, they have similar processes for requests to exercise privacy rights and similar notice requirements. Um, that means that if, uh, as I mentioned earlier, if you comply with the GDPR, you've got a head start on CCPA compliance. A big distinction is that a business doesn't have to identify a legal justification for every use of personal information the way it does with the GDPR. That's, that takes a lot of effort off of the, the person who's required to um, comply. Unlike the GDPR, the CCPA applies mainly to businesses that control the purpose and use of personal information. It has very few obligations that apply directly if you're just a service provider to one of those businesses or another third party. Do you think the, the preparation process for these two laws is kind of similar? Yeah, some of it. Yes, I do. There are distinctions, so the, the laws, both of the laws spell out specific things that need to be in your privacy notices, for example, and they're very specific about processes for verifying um, requests for exercising the rights, uh, and they're specific about the, the particular types of rights, but in, the general concepts are the same. So because um, GDPR and CCPA popped up so um, close to one another, a lot of people are talking about how um, this is going to affect like what other states do with their privacy laws. Do you think that other states are going to start drafting up privacy laws soon, or do you think this might even lead to a law at the federal level? Yeah. I, I, well, so that's already happened. Um, first of all, Nevada beat California to the punch. Nevada law already allows consumers to opt out of the sale of personal information that's been collected by Internet websites and online services. And other bills have been proposed at the state level, but the efforts that I'm seeing are not generally not, some of them, but generally not this expansive. And there are proposals in the U.S. Congress. What you don't see is that impetus from the ballot initiative. I mean, this law came into being on the, <laughs> because the California legislature was trying to ward off a ballot initiative. The concern with that is simply that it becomes very difficult to modify a law that's been adopted by ballot initiative. And um, this law is so complex that the legislature was hoping to be able to work through some of the kinks in the regular legislative process. And that, that we only have, I don't know, a couple dozen states that have initiative processes, and that particular issue doesn't arise in everywhere, and it certainly doesn't arise at the federal level. So unless we have another Cambridge Analytics because type scandal or, you know, some other event that pushes people to believe that they need more privacy rights. And I don't think the same impetus is there. Do you have any other things you want to mention about this upcoming law that we didn't talk about? Um, sure. I, I want to mention that, um, you know, there, there's been a lot of effort by companies in the U.S., many companies in the U.S. around the GDPR, and as a result, I think that um, there is a lot of compliance fatigue. And there's also been 
a wait-and-see approach by companies for the CCPA because there are, there's been a wait for the legislative fixes that just happened in October. There's a, been a delay in enforcement by the Attorney General to July, and there's a delay in finalizing the regulations by the Attorney General, which will help flesh out and, and um, connect gaps in the CCPA. And as a result, I'm I'm seeing a possibility that that some many companies are not approaching this possibly in the same way that they did with the GDPR. Well, hopefully, this conversation helps um, people understand this upcoming law a bit better. I know that before the GDPR went into effect, there were still a lot of companies that didn't really know what was going on and. I'm sure that's probably the case for a lot of companies with CCPA, so I think it's important for people to know what uh, they should be expecting. Um, Thank you so much for coming on and talking with us today and breaking this down. Well, thanks, Jen. I appreciate the opportunity. Just wanted to add a quick note before we end here. We're going to be taking a two-week break because the next two Tuesdays are holidays. Episodes will return on January 7th. We hope you have a happy holiday and see you next year.